Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. The Jamoti Podcast is powered by Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer for high-quality, innovative scoring tables and LED video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans, create huge fundraising opportunities, and make their jobs easier. Visit sidelineinteractive.com to check out their amazing products. With this podcast, uh, I'm at a private private Christian school, and but faith is a big part of my life, and so I always yeah. love when it gets to go down that that way. I've heard you speak sometimes before. One of my favorite videos was, I think you were talking about uh, David being uh, ha- being a great example of um, visualization. You know when he was about to go up to uh, against uh, Goliath because he had he he was reminding himself of yeah. you know I've already I've already killed the lion and the bear you know like yeah. and that's what players we need to do but I love that, that you way use back that. that does so I'm, I'm you're talking about a blog I, that I probably wrote like 10 years ago I'm telling you man I, man I hopefully you're not freaked out at all that guy. not at all this dude no, that's is great but I'm, you know yeah. that, no that's huge I mean David kept trophies I mean that you know when he cut off the head of, of the lion, you know, that was a trophy of his and he kept that as a visual in his head of what he's accomplished and did the same thing with Goliath's head. He carried that thing around. You know? yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, he, you know, it was, you know, and, and players need to remember their past successes, you know, and their, their past, you know, I, I accomplished this um, so I can do it again. Um, and that works from both the personal side and the faith side. God did this for me in the past. He's going to do it for me again. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's proof. So, so either way it, it works. And, and it's such a great thing for basketball training, because when you're in the, in the moment, you can look back to know what you've worked on, what you've right. done. Um, so, I mean, I, I had, I, I was a clutch player when I played, I had a lot of game winners, but it took a few tries to hit the first one. And then I built on that. And then yeah. all of a sudden you love that moment. I've done this before. And, and so I, I think that, you know, clutch builds on itself from that. So, but you can't really be that necessarily until you get your first. Yeah. You know, um, and then you can start building that that faith and that belief off of past accomplishments. If you don't mind, I'd love for you to share, because I think I've heard you speak a little bit about the I impossible idea with your yeah. faith and the connection there. So I'd love for you to share that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a believer. I'm, I'm a Christian, um, you know, and so Jesus to me, he needed to be somehow existing in my company. Um, and so I'm possible was such a great opportunity because, you know, Jesus becomes the apostrophe that turns the impossible to the I'm possible. Um, so the, the whole idea that, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, that's, that's the whole essence of I'm possible is, is it might be impossible, but if I put Jesus in the midst of it, mm. he becomes the apostrophe that literally transforms the impossible to the I'm possible. So, you know, it's not, you know, I've heard have, you know, in the past, right when I started it, people, man, that's such a narcissistic you know, name, you know, it's such a ego, selfish, you know, I, 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 but that's, you know, it's literally a a whole Bible based theme 
of how do I become impossible? How do I get to the point where I believe in myself to this extent? And when you have Jesus, you know, your ego is in that. And you literally can say, wait, I can do all things. I'm not, I'm not at all nervous about this. So it, it can, maybe that can look to some people as, as egotistical or, or being overconfident, but that's, I'm not confident in myself. No doubt. I'm confident no. in, in the savior. So that's the whole purpose of, of impossible and I'm possible. Um, and so as we're, we're moving on, you know, we're, we're actually creating a, a nonprofit that's going to be up soon, the Dream Loudly Foundation. And that's going to be the, the wing where I can start doing a little bit more of that, of nice. letting people know what the impossible meaning is through that nonprofit side. So that's something you'll see out of us in the, in the near future. That's exciting, man. Yeah, I love that. I, I love the whole when you explain that. I heard you explain it one other time before. And you're, you're right on the money with that apostrophe because, I mean, everything in this life is impossible without Christ. I mean, and, and this life actually meaning anything right. is, is impossible <laughs> without right. him and without the cross. And uh, I love the fact that, you know, I, I feel like uh, being at a Christian school, I mean, we're mandated here to to have that kind of biblical infusion with everything we do. Yeah. But, but also it's a point where, like you, I feel like I can feel it and I can see it through the way that you teach, the way that you deal with your athletes. Um, and, and it's just a great reminder to coaches that we don't have to necessarily be hitting people over the head with the Bible every day. We can be yeah. we can be uh, showing them through our lives, through the way we live, through the way we treat others and the way we communicate with them. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And one thing that I'm hoping over time and, and obviously this is jumping back into the, the skill side of it, but, um, you know, there there's a rift still in the world between coaches and trainers, I think. Um, and so, you know, and, and I think there's two, there's two reasons for it. Number one, it's because a trainer is, is maybe teaching something completely opposite from a coach. Mm -hmm. So you could have, I, you know, a coach is, is really big on this way. And then a trainer is really big on this way. And so you have divides there. Um, you know, the cool thing about what we do with skill enhancement is it's completely a separate lane. So what I always tell coaches is, uh, it's impossible for me to interfere with what you're doing. That's right. Um, so even if you teach, if you're a jump stop guy, I use this example all the time because a lot of times we have coaches who are like, we're a jump stop team. And then we have this coach, we're a one-two team. And so they're, they do one-two step and jump stops. But if I teach a, if I teach your player all, every set of footwork possible. So there's, you know, a lot of variations of one-twos. I could go into all of our terminology. It would take a while. But if I teach them all footwork, you're covered. Whatever you want to then teach them. Because I haven't taught them anything's wrong. I haven't taught them anything's right. I've just taught them all the what's. Yep. So if I can equip them with all the footwork, you can then say, hey, we're a jump stop team and they know how to do that. But the really cool thing about it is when the game, in the moment the game comes and a jump stop wasn't possible, then they're going to be able to alternate into something else and not have that turnover. So you're giving them, you're giving your players options for when they play, because how many times as a coach, I've either said it or I hear other coaches say it like, that's not what we work on. Well, it's because the one thing that we've worked on doesn't work in that situation that they're in because the game is fluid. It rarely do the same things happen and I don't, again and, and I again. I don't blame them necessarily because they don't have the time yep. 
or even the knowledge all the time. You know, we don't want curiosity oh. too. I mean, yeah. I feel like there's got to be a little bit of curiosity that takes someone like me that was a little as a player was more traditional. I wasn't even though I love Pistol Pete, I wasn't very flashy and I had to be you know, very simple. But to for me to be curious enough to start looking up at really with what you do, I think I think there's a part of it there. Yeah. And and there is, it's there's so much skill to teach. And so a coach would be like, I don't have time to teach all those different forwards to my team. And yeah. they know that the, the, the last four or five players on the bench aren't going to be able to do it very quickly anyway. And so they, they it's easier to come up with. All right. I'm comfortable with a jump stop. Everyone's going to do it. And my best two, three players, they can do whatever the heck they want anyway. <laughs> right. That's that's how most coaches will do it. Um, and but all they really need is to come alongside a skill enhancement trainer that can do that stuff without, you know, and then whatever they want to teach, they're, they're fine anyway. Yeah. Um, and so skill is the least threatening of all of the trainings that you could do. If I'm a game situational trainer, I might really, really like a certain scheme or a certain way of coming off of a screen, you know, and, and that can be a little bit more conflicting to a possible coach's program, but skill is never going to have a conflict. Um, now there could be some fear if I have a player, you know, do fadeaways that you don't ever want them to do, you know, but that's the coach's job is to control, to roll yeah. up, to, to give them the, 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 you know, what they're supposed to do. And then it's up to the player to be coachable, but I can't ruin them by skills. Right. Um, and unless you're a shooting coach and you're teaching them something all jacked up, but for the most, if you can find a good skill trainer that can give you all that stuff. It, it makes their job so much easier. And I think, yeah, you nailed it. Cause one of the questions that we were going to get to, you kind of flowed right into is how can high school coaches develop better relationships with, or, you know, trust work with skill, skilled trainers, but you, I, I will say this. I mean, I'm in Dallas, Fort Worth where man, you, you, you just scroll through your phone and you've got 15 of them, you know, and there, there's just so many, trainers in this area but guys that focus purely on skills like you uh, they are to me they're pretty rare yeah well most of them are all under our organization um you know so we're, we're really the only ones that are doing it um and so most of them who want to do it will plug in and become certified with us and so um there's several hundred of them around the country but you know, it's, it's still, if you look at it, it's not the status quo um, because it is a specialty. You have to really learn how to do it. And I, I think that, you know, if when I look at, at me, I've been doing full time on skill and not game since 2009. Yeah. So, you know, I have 13 years of just of being in that lane. So it's, it's so far in that if a coach was trying to do both, they'll never catch it. Right. It's just, it's, it's just too deep. It goes, it, the rabbit hole, it goes I'm so never, far. I'm never going to catch a coach is what you're saying. I'm you, just, you won't, you won't. And, and, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. You know, and, and, I, that, I, yeah. and that's just the reality of it. So, yeah. you know, the best coach in the world doesn't necessarily know all that much about skill. Yeah. That's okay. Like you have the, you know, and, and everyone on the skill side, I'm not going to catch the coach and all the X's and O's and all the different knowledge and the stuff that goes into coaching. So there are, there are these really two lanes that go really, really far in the opposite direction, but they don't, but, but in the, in the end, they both work together. Yeah. Um, 
and so, you know, when, when, when you can really start focusing on what skills do for players, you know, it's always going to be a, a win-win um, situation. But what I always try to tell, um, you know, the, the big buzzword for coaches, if I was to sell a book to coaches, it would be buy-in, right? It would be, how do you get buy-in? I think there's probably been, you know, 50 books that have sold because of that word. Um, now, I'm the person who's working with players. And I'll be the first to try to tell a coach who thinks they have buy-in, you don't have buy-in. Hmm. Your, your players aren't happy. They don't necessarily like you. You know, they don't necessarily like this team. And the reason why is because they don't feel like you care about their dream. Hmm. So I always talk about this whole battle between dream and team all the time. Now, I'm a trainer who works on the player's dream as the number one. I'm not working on the team. That's not my job. The coach's job then works on the team. And a lot of times they're not working on the player's dreams. Yeah. Um, you know, because you have to, you know, you have a player who needs to set screens and, and rebound and everything else. It's really tempting for a coach to be, that's all I want you to do. I don't need, I don't need you practicing. So there's a that whole part. rabbit hole we could go down there yeah. with playing positionless conceptual basketball instead of running a right. ton of plays. But yeah. But either way, yeah. you're going to have people who have the green light and people who don't. Sure. And so, you know, some people are going to have more shooting reps and so on. But the buy-in key to me is if you can have a meeting with all of your players and you say, what do you want? What's your dream? And let's see how we can support that. And I don't think most coaches ask that. Yeah. A lot of times they say, here's my guys who can play college. These guys. Not, not. They almost they almost set the dreams for them in a way or at least yeah. put them in a box. No doubt. Yep. Now, the cool thing about a skill trainer is we can be the dream guy. So you have a, the coach who's working on the team. You got, you got to win. Like, you know, it's, it's tough to focus on 12 dreams and your team winning. Hmm. But you can say, on our time, this is what we're doing. On your time, work on the dream. And those two things go together perfectly, and those coaches will get buy-in 100% of the time. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's, to me, the missing piece is, you know, the whole tension between a trainer and a coach is really, it, it hurts a lot of players' feelings. Wait, wait, yeah. Wait, you, yeah. I, can't, I can't pursue this, yeah. you know? And so that's the missing piece to me. And I think it comes down to, uh, for me, when I was a younger coach, because I, I sad to say I was probably, my first couple of years was the one that you don't need to go to any trainers, just work out with me. It, yeah. it was a pride thing. And there's 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 always been this weird, even with between sports at schools, you know, football players about there's it's territorial, like they're my players. But it's funny. I just I got to the point where I don't and I don't know why, but I thought back to my high school days. I loved my high school coach and I love playing. My dad and I went all over Dallas Fort Worth looking for new trainers. I try one. If I like them, I go back. If not, we try to find another one. And again, no, but no, when I say trainers, there wasn't anybody around like you or what you guys are doing. Sure. But yeah, my advice is for coaches and, and I'm still working on it is to let go of our pride, understand that there are other people that can help our players. But like you said, though, we need to do we need to do a better job of knowing the dreams of our players and, and looking for ways to help them reach it. Yeah. Even if you don't believe that it can happen, you know, I've had players who I, you know, and I've learned this over time. I've had players who they started training and be like, are you kidding me? Like, like you, you don't want to go down this road. You're, you're not even <laughs> close to being good. Like this isn't, 
And, and people did the same thing to me. So I should have known better. Right. So, but I mean, I'm, I was at least, I was small, but I was skilled. Yeah. I've, I've had players who walk in the gym who literally I'm looking at and be like, not a freaking chance. And those players go to the program, they work their butt off and they play college. And I'm like, I would have told them to go a different direction. Yeah. So, you know, you never know, even as much as you think you do, what someone's capable of. So if you just give them the best shot and set it up, you know, you can have a player who leaps the front and you never expected it. And so that's why I think, um, you know, I, I, what the coolest thing about skill enhancement training that all of our trainers have to learn how to do is we say you have to be unbiased. So I'm not training the player. I'm training the skills that are possible for the player. Yeah. And so even when I train NBA guys, I'm completely opposite of, of most guys. Cause, uh, um, I refuse to watch film once I'm with somebody because I don't want any bias. I don't want to know what you're already good at or what you're already bad at. If I've seen you play already, I already have some. So I try to remove all of that. And when I get you in a training environment, it's let's look at this and let's look at this. And let's give you this. And that's where we find things that maybe we never would have gone down that road, but we find gold because we're unbiased working on the skills of the game. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast share it with your fellow coaches and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.